0: This is a CBC Podcast.
1: Dudes, what?
0: This is the Feel Good Friday episode? Guess what number? What number? 69. 69, baby! Nice. 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 69. Ah, oh, my
2: second favorite number. This
0: is uh you know it's really fun. It's fun that this episode uh Feel Good Friday, FGF, we've been doing this now for 69 weeks and uh it took 69 weeks before uh we have been given the opportunity to basically book our second vaccinations. I know technically it's not right now, but it's here. It's right here. Coincidence? No. Nah. I, I think nah, not. No, 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 no. I think ain't. not.
1: Nice. 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 <laughs> nice. Uh, folks, if
0: you've been listening to the Feel Good Friday episodes, I want to say first of all, thank you. Uh, so glad that you've been with us for 69 episodes. And uh let's uh That's hilarious. That's fucking hilarious, right? So let's uh let's dive right into it. I got some good news. Good news on a Feel Good Friday for our 69th episode. We should have uh actually covered this on our 68th episode, but we forgot. Big news in the CF community here in Canada uh, because the persistence and constant belief is finally paying off. Uh, Health Canada announced last last Friday that cystic fibrosis, the drug Trikafta, is now available to be prescribed by doctors across Canada. Hell yeah! Which is a huge motherfucking step. Big shout out <clears throat> to Steph Stavros. And the entire team
1: over at CF Get Loud. You know what's crazy is—is is hopefully because I think that all of this great news is happening because this is the, as you said, iconic 69th Feel Good Friday episode. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy though because we've also recorded, like, wasn't two <laughs> weeks ago or like three weeks ago, our 300th normal episode yeah. with a guest who lives with illness. It
0: uh, it, it hasn't it hasn't. Come out yet? Oh, we recorded it. uh, We recorded. We've recorded three hundred. We've yeah. We recorded three hundred Monday episodes.
1: But we've also, in total, recorded over four hundred episodes now with the Feel Good Friday. The Monday episodes and the routine Guys, checkups on Wednesday, but I just want to say
2: and that I think if you count all, if you count like some of the conversations that we've had like off the show, it's probably like close to like ten thousand or something.
1: <laughs> but we're talking it's about the podcast crazy. here, no, no, and the no, no, no. and the and the good news that I had was that that I think that we will have had our second doses, yeah, and you'll get Trikafta by our four hundred twentieth episode because oh that would that's be just how, I, how it works, right? that would be tight. Yeah, do you dude. think that
2: do you think uh, Vertex and and the government of Canada like they were they were in talks like a while ago. They, they were it. like they were like let's just yeah. wait for Sick Boy's 69. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I yeah, I, I mean, I want to say this is this is probably the worst day I've had of the year, uh, but the fact that it's our 69th Feel Good Friday episode has made it just slightly a little mm. less worse. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that Trikafta <clears throat> is now available at this point uh in Canada for those uh age 12 and over uh for patients who have a minimum of minimum <coughs> of one of the CF F508 delta G mutations which is where I sit um Health Canada says for those under the age of 12 um progression and research continue for the approval of younger patients so you know we're we're still <clears throat> we're still a little bit of time up before we see that available for the for the youngsters mm-hmm. um uh, according to the cystic fibrosis website, this is all from global news. Um, Trikafta could, uh, over the span of time, reduce the number of people living with severe lung disease by 60% and the number of deaths by 15%. It would also add years of life to those with CF. For example, a child born with the disease could see a decade added to their life. So Whoa. I just want to say, like, there's, there, I mean, there, there, now look, it's available to be prescribed but there's an entirely different conversation now to be had in the, in the coming months about um, how there's another step, right? So just because it's available to be prescribed, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, everyone's going to get their hands on it. Right. So I, uh, although I'm very excited about this huge fucking necessary step Mm -hmm. that's been taken, I don't, I, I, Personally, I feel, um, it's bittersweet because I feel like there are a lot of Canadians who are going to get their hands on this that need it. And those are the folks that are set up in a situation in their life where they have the private insurance that that makes that available. And those folks will get this drug by the year's end. Like, you know, people with private insurance are likely going to be be able to get the drug before, um, you know, my, my, uh, what was said at the last clinic visit I had was like, you know, those, those folks will probably see the drug in their hands by the fall. Mm. But for people like me, where I don't have private insurance, um, uh, money daddy, maybe we can look into this for the business. But, um, for people like me, I, I, you know, I'm not getting my hopes up because here's the thing, a, a drug with a 300, three hundred U.S. dollar thousand dollar three uh hundred thousand yep. dollar U.S. dollar. I should definitely be the one that takes care of it. percent a three hundred a three hundred thousand yeah. dollar price tag, and that's U.S. dollars. Um, you know, or Monopoly money? I think it might be Monopoly money. Yeah, Canadian Tire money. I've been saving it up. Um, yeah, that's a big that's a big cost, and so yeah. you know, who knows what the provinces will cover? That's still an, an entirely different step. uh so. Although I am, there's a part of me that feels like maybe I won't get it based on my life circumstances. The fact that the drug is out and the fact that there's going to be children born today with like, if I'm thinking of a good friend of mine who recently had a child that has CF in the last like year or two. And I'm thinking of her and how excited I am that her and her family are, are, living with a child with CF at a time where I would only be so lucky if I was born today. You know, like it's just, it it really is like a, it's a, it's a huge fucking milestone mm-hmm. and there's, there's there's, you know, and this might be something that I think we'll cover in the episodes to come, but like there was, I read an article today about, about uh, some new evidence of, people living with a gene disorder that have been tested uh, through CRISPR that like completely altered their lives. So like we are on the, we are just on the cusp of mm. some uh, huge, huge transitional periods for people living with yeah. genet- genetic disorders. And so
2: there was a uh, news today, big news today about CRISPR. Yes. Uh, that, I, that came through. That's right. I read that. Mm-hmm. I read that today. It?
0: It? It's basically a genetic disorder where people have been, that people, it was a, it was a trial that people had been up for, for a disease that I had never heard of before. And yeah. uh, it worked. It then just like, bring it up, yeah. they just fucking injected it. It was like, "Baboom!" boom It know. had
2: something to do with it being the, the first time that they had had like a major, <clears throat> a major success in, um, in a human, in, in like basically cutting off a, an illness with, uh, with gene editing in humans directly.
1: Yeah. Are you, um, but, um, so they're like, the they're allowed here. to do this now because wasn't that like the, the moral the moral or ethical well, the, sort of reasons around the, editing. Gene, you weren't supposed to be doing that in humans yet, or is it, different? there's
2: a, there's a cross section where there's, um, and, um, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm remembering this correctly. I do have the thing there. I'll just pull it up after I say this, but it was, there's something it's somatic or, um, Somatic or another type of gene editing, and one oh, is right one yeah. is one that when you give it, it stays with the person that has that has that edit done they can't pass it on if they have children, whereas the other one somatic the I think somatic is the one that you don't pass on mm-hmm. it could be totally fucking wrong on that, so Louise. the other okay. one is the one where if you have that done and you have a child, that child will also have that gene Ooh. edit, and that's the one that's like 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 v- so super red, everybody agrees we don't want to wait, do wait, that wait. right now
1: wait so does that mean that because i've heard like some of the things i've heard from the anti-vax community in talking about the um Great MR, community. mrna uh covid vaccines is that and we should be is that, we should give them a platform we should get let them speak <laughs> Anti-vax <laughs> get loud, but this is funny because I've heard them. I've Vax heard get loud. One of, like part of the rhetoric that I've heard from them. <laughs> Yo, I want to <laughs> see that social media. I want to see their social media. Wait, 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 wait. But seriously, oh, I've like fuck. some of the rhetoric that I've heard from the COVID anti-vax community is that the danger with mRNA vaccinations is that it could affect you know babies, like it, it's changing the genetic yeah. makeup of you know. Future babies that are going to be born and stuff. But that sounds like if it's whatever, if it's somatic or whatever it's called, is that not possible then? Like, is, does, do mRNA vaccines not go on to affect the genes of? That's a good question. uh, I don't know. Because, yeah, yeah, it's a good, good question. Yeah. So, anyway, if, if they do, then, If they don't, sorry, anti-vaxxers, you guys are fucking dumb as fuck. But we already know that, so I guess this is uh, this is the snippet
2: from uh, today. It was it said uh, CRISPR technology, which stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. Thank God they gave it an an acronym that actually just sounds like a tasty treat was previously restricted to editing cells outside the body or in the eye. It also faced challenges like sticking molecular scissors into the body or slicing DNA in a select number of tissues. This time around, researchers injected a CRISPR drug into the blood of people born with transthyretin amyloidosis a destructive disease that causes fatal nerve and heart disease. Oh, man. Results showed that the editing technology was able to nearly shut off production of the toxic protein generated by their livers, by knocking the gene's activity.
1: That's a word that we should try to uh, say on our new TikTok series. um, Uh Three idiots trying to pronounce medical words uh, that we don't know what they are. Yeah. Uh,
0: And folks, if you didn't know, we are on TikTok. This is not a joke. Uh, You can go watch our TikToks. And we've been having a ball. We've been having a ball putting these TikToks
1: out. We've actually been calling each other like every day or second Mm -hmm. day and meeting up at the park together to plan out TikToks. And like, it's actually probably the highlight of my day. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. So and we like
0: getting creative and funny and silly. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to the podcast and you're, uh, you know, you're the ripe age of seven, uh, join <laughs> us on TikTok.
2: Yeah. All our thirteen-year-olds out there, get on, hop on it, uh, guys. Can I, can I hit you with a before you move on there? Can I guys yeah. hit you with a hot take on uh, that I heard today in a conversation that I had? Love yeah. uh, hot takes. That's that's like that's that's like adjacent to the conversation about CF, just because I, I brought that I brought trikraft up specifically in this. I was talking to a pharmacist today. And oh, dude, they, they are so boring. They
1: don't know anything. They don't either. know shit. <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: goes, they're so boring, right? Tay? So they are, they are so right, boring. Tay? Pharmacists are pharmacists are, well, pharmacists are little so. Well, inside boring. joke there, because we were at the park the other day talking about TikToks, and then all of a sudden we were talking about pharmacists and Taylor's like, they're so boring. There's
1: no entertainment. But you know what? But
2: you know what? This pharmacist in particular, he's got a he's got a dry funny bone that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that came out right. Um, so <laughs> I'm having a conversation with him, He's got and a he dry, says, "Dry, funny
0: bone." <laughs>
2: and that I, and I said something along the lines of like, "We're talking about drug costs," mm. and he said, uh, "He said, you know, like drug companies, obviously, like for profit." And this just surprised me because, like, this is somebody who's wor- who's been working in in like pharmacology for a his bit. whole career, like yeah. thirty years. Yeah, and he says. He says, you know, drug companies, are for profit, obviously. And, you know, no, I'm not like, I don't, I don't care that they're for profit. They have their own, they have their, they, you know, they're getting their bag. But he says, That's there he are, he said, there are, he said, he said, he said, he, bag, said, he, no said <laughs> he said, <they're>,
0: he said, <laughs> <laughs> ah, here, guys, did I tell so, you <laughs> we're on TikTok? You can uh, join our TikTok <laughs> or fucking put TikToks up. The glizz and the guzzies and uh, yeah, all my glizzing. boys, Pimp Chimping out there. The glibs and the glabs, all about it.
1: No cap. So,
2: so he says. Uh, he says, you know, they're they're you know they're they're for profit and whatever. But he says there's all he started he started ringing off these these conditions, conditions that I had really never heard of. And then he said, like this one condition, for example, blah blah blah, whatever it was. I think it was like a like a like a, a like a minor respiratory issue. And he said, you know, like people come in. And the <clears throat> most people who have this thing, they come in and they're they're, they're very minorly afflicted by this uh, by this condition and it doesn't really doesn't doesn't really pose that much of a problem, but they've you know they've got some symptoms. So he prescribed them a drug, and the drug is something that they need to take now f- forever. And like the day that they come off of it, they they're they're way worse than they were before Whoa. they got on the drug. Whoa. And he just like kind of dropped that. As in, basically, like, yeah, they fucking put you on drugs and then you're never going off of them. You're fucking trapped and you're in prison. <laughs> and I yeah, was right. like, whoa, what whoa, a whoa, hot whoa, take wait. From, wait. A, from a well, pharmacist. I know, I know we weren't really <laughs>
1: gonna spend much time diving into this, but like, it's kind of like the Johnson and Johnson shit in the states right now with the yeah. whole opioid epidemic. Like, yeah, yeah. they, yeah, you know, they admitted fault and are paying, uh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I was gonna Mm. say a massive fine, but it's really not that massive for them. Yeah. Yeah. Minor compared to what some other companies have paid. You know Johnson and Johnson's profit or they they generate eighty two billion dollars a year in revenue? Do you know Amazon makes over $100 yeah. billion per quarter? Yeah, well, but, no. but like, I mean, <laughs> these numbers are just insane anyway. But <laughs> sure it makes me really sad
0: that I ordered a fucking dog crate for my new dog donut off Amazon. Hey, but thanks I for
1: sending me that link too, because I it's also use... It's a good crate, link. yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so uh, oh, that Johnson well. Johnson thing, we're actually going to cover that next week, and we're really excited to kind of dive into that, because Tay has been doing a lot of work on some uh, extra videos there on YouTube. And again, uh, just a little plug, if you aren't uh, watching, our Feel Good Friday episodes on YouTube. You can do that. Go to YouTube, look up Sick Boy, and uh, you can watch us have some fun like we are having right now. Speaking of fun, uh, this was sent to me by maybe 50 people in the last like two weeks. And uh, I thought it was pretty fun. Let's, uh, let's talk about prosthetics for a minute. Uh, this is not a prosthetic, but it reminds me of one.
1: My newest invention here is called the Cobb Quickie. Hands down the easiest way to butter your corn on the cob on a hot summer day. Simply grab yourself a fresh stick of butter and using our patent pending firm grip design, place the butter directly onto the center spikes. Then simply go to town buttering your corn on the cob from top to bottom. No matter what your technique is, get the job done this this? summer when you use the Cobb Quickie.
2: I saw this on, I saw this on whatever, uh-huh. I think I, I saw it on Instagram. I think Kyla sent it to me, maybe. And uh, and I didn't, I never listened to it with sound. I just w- watched it silent. I just watched that <laughs> guy jerk off that corner of <laughs> the cob silently like a hundred times.
0: It's so funny. <laughs> um, and it it did, it did, like the reason I brought that up is because it made me think about
3: your dad
0: um, yeah, yeah, yeah my dad <laughs> <laughs> my dad's name is Cobb the Cobb quickie <laughs> oh. oh god oh my god That's uh, so Lauren, horrific. fucking nasty bitch um, uh, it did not make me think about my dad but it did I'm make me I'm not talking about females it did it did make me think about prosthetics and then and then I went down a whole like I went down a whole rabbit hole of prosthetics uh a video actually Lauren that you sent in the in slack <laughs> And one that I sent to you in Slack a little while back um the you know one of the things like you know talking about Tricafter right so we're talking about like the innovation surrounding drugs and the innovation when it comes to healthcare and um although the cob quick is not that innovative um it there's Hey <laughs> I, I mean it's it, it pretty innovative. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. I guess technically it it's would Not not innovative. <laughs> it's not not. Um but it it was making me think about like You know, our friend Brandon, uh, we, we had a lot of conversations with him about his prosthetics and, and like where he was coming from with, with that kind of thing. And, and just seeing, seeing like the, the beauty behind prosthetics and, Mm -hmm. and the, 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 the ways that prosthetics over the last, at least six years, like since we've been doing this podcast have like evolved, have been really cool. And, um, for a lot of folks, like they rely on these professionals to make these prosthetics, um, you know, companies that actually build the stuff. And and I want to uh, bring to our attention right now, this one fella who's kind of like, he's doing like a whole DIY thing when it comes to prosthetics.
1: And um, I'm taking a second to look him up.
0: Jared, you before a you,
1: I was going to say, before you, yeah. you throw to that, what I want to bring attention to is, the fact that you somehow managed to like make a very smooth segue and transition like that, from yeah. a fucking hand that butters a hand shaped corn butterer <laughs> to prosthetics because that isn't that is literally nothing to do with prosthetics nothing. other than the fact that it is kind of looks like one kind of like, sort of yeah yeah kind yeah. of and welcome to my brain i
2: was wondering yeah that could be an, that could be an attachment <laughs> for somebody who has had an amputation well i was hand. wondering
1: if they have like uh, hand job attachments for prosthetics well cuz i remember my my <laughs> mom had a friend my mom had a friend when hand job uh, when we were kids. That I got this a, prosthetic. Well, it's he had, specifically made well, to he had, jerk you off. Give me one it. second while I attach it. Well, imagine though, this guy had a hook hand. And have you guys met any, anybody with a hook hand? I In, have. I they're, don't think so. I, I thought they were I thought they were a, like a myth. No, for, no. Like I thought, <laughs> No, they're and, real. And, I, and I'm talking, I was like seven years old when I met this guy. So like when I was seven, I thought they were a myth. And they're like, real. I thought Captain Hook was a made up guy. But like turns out well, he's real and he was my mom's friend and he had this hook hand and I was like, now, I mean, I mean, I didn't think this when I was seven, but now I'm thinking, I wonder if it would have been beneficial if, if he was, you know, into jerking guys off, if there was a hand job <laughs> attachment, cause it, like I'm Wait, imagining you, were th-
2: you thought that then when no, you no, were no, a I child. No, no, I thought that
1: now. I thought that now, but I'm imagining you could I probably like, get a
2: motor. Are we, are we like, talking maybe about like, this get,
0: kind of hook? Like this? Maybe. <laughs> like this here? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. Buster. Buster in yeah. uh, in Arrested Development wears a hook yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <coughs> yeah. See, right? Like, yeah, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't want to be jerked off by that. But if you had, a, if <laughs> no, there was no, a, no, if no. you could put a motor into one, and then somebody, your, your, somebody your arm would. would never get tired. Too, it'd be the perfect. Um, you could jerk off a lot. Of, you remember it's that it's like that uh, scene from Workaholics. Like, how many dicks could you jerk off? <laughs> like, if you had a motorized hand job you know attachment what? arm,
2: you it's could do a lot Silicone of dicks. Silicon Valley.
1: Silicon Valley. <laughs>
2: I bet that there's a community out there. The internet is such is 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 such a place that I bet that there's a I bet there's a sub community of people that really like being jerked off by those. Folks. That
0: that that quote is perfect. The internet is such a place. <laughs> I bet that there is, and you could you could fucking use that for anything. Well, I bet you this guy. I bet you. Uh, let, well, how about this? Uh, so this is something I sent to Lauren a while back, and I was hoping to get this guy on the podcast, but I don't think he ever reached out to us or Lauren. You just you just never. Reached out to him, but I feel like you did, and he just never got back to us. But that's, I would, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I would love back. to get this guy on the podcast someday. He's like a dream guest of mine. His name's Ian Davis. This guy popped up on Reddit a little while back, and this guy, I hope he's not jerking anyone off with his prosthetic hands. Because, well, hey, you guys let me know, would you want to be jerked off by this? Let's check this out. So, this. This guy DIYs oh, his but. own prosthetic hand. Look at this thing!
1: Wow, um, dude, that is fantastic. Would I want to be look jerked off by that, though? Dude, that looks like it has a, wow. s- a f- nice firm grip. Yeah, that's dude. A- he's
2: got robotics in As it. He's got see, two AA batteries the thing attached. with the lateral motion of my residual <laughs> bed, just like with my car. <laughs> Although with this version, the display is much dude. more positive. Dude, this guy could be Rockwell automation. automation. Dude, look at this. It's got <laughs> like it's got like <laughs> bike bike chains. But I thought you'd like to see what I've come up with.
0: Dude, fuck yes. This guy is incredible. That's yeah, cool as How fuck. How fucking wow. badass is That's really that? cool. Now folks, That's folks wild. that are just listening, you uh, if you that. if you don't <laughs> want to go to our YouTube channel, which I highly suggest you do so you can watch that. If you'd rather bypass that like some nincompoop, you can look up Ian Davis on uh, YouTube. He has 456,000 subscribers. And this guy's whole thing is that he He's, he's missing one of his hands, obviously. And he has this like DIY shop where he's making his own prosthetics. I mean, this thing is like, it is so is wild. Is he making them at.
1: for other people too? Or is he just like inventing cool shit for himself? I think it's just like a sort wow.
0: of, sort of a Iron Man type scenario where he's just like kind of building it Dude. up for himself. Um, but it's like, it's How does he machine? Long. He must,
2: he must have like a, his own CNC machine. Oh, machine, for sure. Like, yeah. Right? I mean, he's I'm obviously guessing. some
0: sort of engineer. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, like his yeah, YouTube's definitely. pretty wild. And he's he's constantly giving updates uh, like once a month. He's giving updates on this like new hand that he's working on. That's um, wild. But oh, Dude, oh, he could have oh, a whoa. Patreon. His his last he could video. have a
2: Patreon and and make a
0: career out of that. His last video is chemo <clears throat> Tuesday again. So he must have cancer. Oh, crazy. Damn.
3: No, that sounds right.
0: Wow. Look at this guy's fucking hand. Crazy. What if he engineers his way out of
2: cancer? That'd be cool. He could. He could potentially do that. I'm not gonna put it past him.
0: Um, the the other video that I was I was referring to that Lauren had put in the Slack was another prosthetic video that was just warmed my heart. And if you're looking for some feel good Friday content, this is it right here. Oh that's so fucking cute. See ha- she has a prosthetic skip rope. Oh, <laughs> How fucking cute is she? I'm gonna play it again. It's too cute. It's too cute. It's like it's just the most adorable thing ever, and it's very specific. Like you can look at it, yeah. the way it's built. She, for folks that are just listening, this little girl, you know, maybe four, is yeah, maybe. missing her arm from from the elbow down, and her folks, it looked like, uh, have like basically set her up with this prosthetic where. It's holding a skip rope. It's specifically made for skipping rope. Her little jump rope. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, sweet. sweet.
1: Sweet. (laughs) That was the Dorby's. Yeah, that's gotta
3: feel so great for her, like being able to do something that she can see other kids doing all the time that she yeah. doesn't have the chance to till then. She's yeah. So happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, she's yeah, and she, you, know, you though, can tell she's very proud of it. Would be yeah. better if they put a motor in that shit so that it, she could <laughs> actually skip with it. Yeah, because, get her fucking legs yeah. going. You to know? be fair, guys, world super in. cute video. But hey, she sucked at skipping. I think we hey, can you, guys all a, that, you guys want you guys want you guys
2: want a hot take. She didn't suck at skipping. You want a, you want a hot take. <laughs> A world in which Amazon doesn't make hundred billion dollars a quarter is a world where that probably doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a hot
1: take. That's a very hot take. That's a hot take.
0: Here's another hot take, and this is fucking fascinating. So this is coming out of the New York Times. Uh, super interesting article, and again about youth and the uh, the the way that youth are deciding to uh, be be uh i guess i guess defiant in their in their youth so like when i was a kid when i was growing up and i think brian taylor lauren you guys can probably attest to this um, when we were growing up like lauren's like 15 uh, yeah right lauren you probably don't get it yet. uh <laughs> give me give me another 20 years um when we were growing up like we were trying to keep secrets from our parents that were like you know having sex or drinking booze or like smoking the reefer, you know, like those are the things that we were doing that we were trying to keep from our parents because we were being badasses and we were being defiant and we were, um, we were innovative. Yeah. We were being innovative. We were, we were being, (laughs) we were being a little like shit disturbers. And it's like, these are the things that are, you know, shitty grades, whatever. Those are the things that you keep from your parents. Well, in 2021, uh, This fascinating article from the New York Times from Jan Hoffman: As parents forbid COVID shots, defiant teenagers seek ways to get them.
2: Wait, sorry, what? The title is "Forbid Getting the Vaccine."
0: As parents forbid COVID shots, defiant teenagers seek ways to get them. Mm. Um, uh, Teenagers keep all sorts of secrets from their parents: drinking, sex, lousy grades. But the secret that Elizabeth, seventeen, a rising high school senior, keeps from hers, is new to the buffet of adolescent misdeeds. She doesn't want her parents to know that she's been vaccinated against COVID-19. Her divorced parents have equal say over her health care. Although her mother strongly favors the vaccine, her father angrily opposes it and has threatened to sue her mother if Elizabeth gets the shot. Elizabeth is keeping her secret, not only from her father, but also her mother, so her mom can have plausible deniability. Until this article drops and we expose it all. (laughs) Ba-boom! You getting fucking grounded tonight, Elizabeth! Um, The vaccination of children is crucial to achieving broad immunity to the coronavirus and returning to normal school and work routines. But through COVID vaccines, but though COVID vaccines have been authorized for children as young as 12, many parents worried about the side effects and frightened by the newness of the shots have held off from permitting their child, children to get them, which that makes sense a little bit. Frightened, frightened by their lack of... Of research. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> a recent poll, this is pretty interesting, a recent poll their own personal lack of research <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, a recent poll by the Kaiser Family <laughs> Foundation found that only 3 in 10 parents, this is staggering, 3 in 10 parents of children between the ages of 12, 12 through 17 intend to allow them to be vaccinated immediately. Many say that they will wait for long term safety data or the prod of a school mandate but with many teenagers eager to get the shots that they see as unlocking freedoms denied during the pandemic tensions are crackling in homes in which parents are holding
1: to a hard no man i can't believe that there that there is so much focus around like the um you know you get your second dose and now now all of a sudden you have access to all these other things in society that mm. have been previously forbidden to or or only allowed to people who have two doses like i can't believe that that has to be a motiv- motivating factor for some people. I mean, th- this goes back into like the conversation that we were having about incentives, like yeah. the lotteries and shit like that. But, yeah. but man, I I can't understand why people aren't, don't just look at this and go, hey, we're in a global f- fucking pandemic and, and this we've is a been necessity. in lockdown yeah. for like 16 months and this is the answer to no like, longer be guys, in Guys, have
2: you been, have you been, um, watching uh i watched uh the montreal tampa game game one of the of the cup
0: finals it was insane uh, last night the oh, whole fucking tilly uh, there you see tilly there uh oh, snap the yeah. snap yeah. he was
2: snapping all lines were firing everybody yeah i saw sully Sully dumbing in deep <clears throat> chase yeah, puck dude, sully, oh, went really, all the battles really in the great. quarter yep and um <laughs> sports and i mean canada <laughs> the the government is um is running is running a Like t- i don't watch cable ever So like on the odd time that I turn on TSN for a, for a sport or, or CBC now to watch the playoffs, you know, you see you you get tuned into like the ad campaigns that are going on around COVID and the vaccine and like dispelling, uh, you know, vaccine um, myths. myths. And, and, you know, they just got like, you know, and and a lot of them are focusing on these like really commonly misunderstood thing, like newness, you know, they're like, it's, it it happened fast because like this is why it happened fast, and they just say say it, yeah. and uh, and and it really when <clears throat> you know I know that this is happening because we talk about this, we talk about this on a regular basis about you know the incentives and everything and the Ooh. hesitancy, and we have talked to you know experts and about hesitancy and why people feel this way, but I don't know. There's something different about realizing that the government the government is taking out ads on like the most watched probably the most watched thing in canada right now the stanley cup playoffs with a canadian team in it to 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 try and show people like hey uh, and 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 with basically this tinge of like i don't i'm not really sure where you came up with the idea that it that this made it bad Oh, but really? There's like, he, there's a
0: bit of a, there's a bit of a sassiness no, to it.
2: No, 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 no. They're but like, like,
1: listen up, fuckos. <laughs> no,
2: like, but like, but you know what I mean? Because, because all of those things that people think. It's like a shame think, that we
1: have to do this, but this is a thing. Because it's it's not like, it's not like the, me,
2: it's not like the medical community at any point. The scientific community came out at any point and they were like, this is really new. So like, we should be extras. Like, it's just people, people yeah. who, who don't know, really know, who are, anything, hesitant. Who are hesitant. Yeah. And and then the hesitancy then like bleeds into like misinformation that gets like, yeah, sp- spreads but like honestly, wildfire. dude, honestly,
0: though, I had this thought the other day when I was walking up at the studio, I was like, I got my first vaccine. Second one's coming up in a few weeks. How crazy would it be if my dick fell off in the next like week? <laughs> I mean that would you know, be and crazy. then like, and then your dick fell off, and your <laughs> yeah. dick fell off. Like, but it's out, not. Out. Going. But you know, God. God. you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is that you,
2: all you have to do, Jer, is then is then, and Lauren like, grew a dick out of her a, nose. Like take I'd a, be a like, whoa whoa. Take a story, an Instagram story, and be like, "How crazy would it be if my dick falls off?" And then one other person do, then it becomes a game of telephone where one yeah. other person's like, but, "Hey, I heard your yeah. dick might fall off." But the other thing off. though then it, beco- is, then it goes from a joke to being something that it somebody's like, "Telephone, you know, yeah. your but, dick will fall off," and then you'll become that fucking pastor who thinks that there's, you know, Biden's running the sex <laughs> ring yeah, under the White House, yes, right, right? But but honestly, I want <laughs> I
1: I kind of want to like emphasize the point that it's okay, like, or I, I want to say that it, it's okay to be vaccine hesitant. Yeah, like, it's it's yeah. okay to feel that way, but. The the answers to your questions are out there, and and you might not feel a hundred percent confident. They, they exist in, on YouTube. In, in Go to the, play. There's I watched a documentary <laughs> the other day on YouTube no, called "Plandemic." No, stop. And but the <laughs> answers exist, <laughs> but, dude. But, but the other point is the thing that the thing that I find uh. so ironic is that the people <clears throat> who say this shit who are who are who are super vaccine hesitant and anti-vax, like Ooh. more specifically anti-vax, anti-vax yeah. Um, the thing that I find so ironic is that they're like, they're like, yeah, well, have you really looked into it? Because there's all these sources saying these things. And it's like, well, if you're really critical, if you're really looking at this information critically, then you will go and find the opposing views to what you're reading and seeing online. Any questions? You'll look into it. You get that, you know? <laughs> you'll you get look into fucking... in both. <laughs> and, and you'll see that, you know, probably... The, there's a very logical yeah. um, answer to what you think might be some sort of red flag or indicator that these vaccines aren't going to work or are bad for you.
0: Well, I, I thought this was really interesting. F- further down in that New York uh, Times article, uh, they go on to talk about the ages of consent for getting the vaccine. Uh, 40 states require parental consent for vaccination of minors under 18, and Nebraska sets the age at 19. Um, Some states carve out exemptions for teenagers who are homeless or emancipated. Now, because of the COVID crisis, some states and cities are seeking to relax medical consent rules, emulating statutes that permit minors to obtain the HPV vaccine, which prevents some cancers caused by sexually transmitted virus. Last fall, the District of Columbia voted to allow children as young as 11 to get recommended vaccines without parental consent. Whoa. Can you imagine an 11 year old walking into a vaccine clinic without any parents, just being like, "I'm, here, I, I did my, I
1: did my research. I'm here to do it." Like I saw it <laughs> you on know TikTok. What's interesting though is my my initial gut reaction to that is like, "That's fucking crazy," but I but when I think about it, I I remember there was this girl that I was in, um, that I went to school with in junior high who was like incredibly mature and responsible compared to all of our peers at that time. Yeah, and it turned out that um, she was in a really um, she had a really rough childhood and she had moved out on her own, um, had gotten permission to work under the minimum age, was working and living in an apartment on her own in like grade nine. Whoa. So and she, so was, she emancipated? was like,
3: did she like legally go through I th- the process? I think so. I was
1: too young to like really understand okay. the situation, Whoa. but I knew that she was living in an apartment on her own, she, working got- and like, like yeah. was like. This suit like was way more mature than everybody. She'd already. have gotten yeah. the backs. She would have been and backed so, up. And so like, yeah. well, I think of that and I'm like, you know, that person sort of, and I, I know that like, you know, you're kind of making rules. <laughs> you have to be considerate of these populations of people who are very vulnerable. And, you know, she wasn't quite 11, but she Ooh. was probably like 14 at the time. And like having that autonomy for yourself for her was probably really important yeah. to keep her out of, you know, harm's way of like Mm -hmm. her family members who were, you know, possibly causing a lot of harm. uh, That
0: was, that was DC uh, or uh, yeah, DC, New York and New New Jersey legislatures have bills uh, pending that would allow children as young as 14 to consent to vaccines. Minnesota has one that would permit some children as young as 12 to consent to COVID shots, which I think is great. Um, I wonder how
2: new those things are or if they're, or if they're, I think pretty newly new. Newly implemented because yeah, I, I think
0: they're new because New Jersey and New York have bills that are pending to go go through with it that young. Again, a lot of the a lot of these um a lot of these states require minors uh under the age of 18 or 19 in Nebraska's <clears throat> situation to 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 have, they, they need parental consent.
1: What do you Um, guys think about the
0: HPV thing? Like that, that was something that were there. They were going, okay, well these kids are fucking like kids are at their fucking. So we like, we need to, we need to prevent them from contract. Like HP, Mm. everyone has HPV. So, so we gotta, we gotta lower that age so that they can come in and get HPV shots in order to
1: prevent them from
0: getting HPV. And what you, they, they made those changes. What do you
1: guys think with the consent rules, like lowering the age uh, for COVID vaccines? Do you think it's a, a good thing or do you think it's potentially well, dangerous? I mean,
2: I think, um, I mean, for the thing about vaccines in general, like we have vaccines for, we have vaccines for some things that are like, that are like, we got vaccines because these things in particular, I mean, there's plenty of things that can kill people that we don't have medications for and vaccines for. But some of the things that we do have vaccines for, like all the shit that you get vaccine, vaccinated for when you're a child, when you're born um, and now COVID are things that are like not only we, they're not only seriously detrimental to you, they're seriously detrimental to everybody around you and the whole population of people that you live around and the whole population of the earth <clears throat> in COVID and like, and massive populations in in terms of polio um. And, uh, and, uh, like mumps and measles and shit like that. But, like, so at the same time as I feel like there's, it makes sense that there's some laws in certain places, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree that a parent should be able to look out for the, like, the health and well being and, and have that or have a say in what a child is doing, you know, what we consider to be a child um being 18 but i I feel like i feel like i feel like people are 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 able to make decisions a lot younger than that but like in this case i mean fuck dude these things are so important for everybody
0: are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice it's time to dig deeper I mean, the, the article goes on to state, uh, but other states are marching in the opposite direction. Um, although South Carolina teenagers can can consent at 16 and doctors may perform certain medically necessary procedures without parental permission on even younger children, a bill in the legislature would explicitly bar providers from giving the COVID shot without parental consent to minors. In Oregon, where the age of medical consent is 15, Lynn County... Uh, ordered county-run clinics to obtain parental consent for the the COVID vaccine under 18. Um, And according to the National Conference of State Legislatures, which has been tracking COVID-related bills, some states, like Tennessee and Alabama, are actually working on legislation to prevent public schools from requiring COVID shots. And this whole thing, um, the issue of who can consent to the COVID shots, is providing this fresh context for a decades-old legal, ethical, and medical question, which is when parents disagree, who is the arbiter? At what age are children capable of making their own health decisions and mm. how should that be determined? Mm. You know, it's like you're, you're talking to, sure, a 16-year-old who's technically a minor, but that 16-year-old is like, okay, mom and dad are telling me they don't want me to do this thing, but, like, it's it's my fucking body. Like, it's my it's my health. It's my... You know it.
2: I mean, it falls. It falls. It falls similarly in line with like drinking age and stuff like that. Abortion or abortion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like
1: it's. Yeah, they. I guess. I don't know. It's it's hard because like if so, I'm I'm thinking of the flu shot for example. Like if you needed your parents' consent to get a flu shot, like you know the flu shot is is universally accepted as I think mostly universally accepted as being a safe um is is a flu shot considered a vaccine yeah yep it's a vaccination yeah um because you know we generally consider that it's a really good thing to get a flu shot uh i think everybody mostly agrees on that it's safe we do it annually mostly. um but like do you do you think that you need should kids their parents consent to get that and like does it change if the vaccination is this like newer vaccine that is a little bit scarier to some of the public that people are hesitant about because they don't quite understand it. Like, does that change whether or not there should be an age and consent? It's re- it,
0: this is really interesting. It is,
1: like this is what is happening is yeah. that the, the sort of newness of this and the uniqueness of the situation is changing the laws around. This. Well, and
0: not only changing the laws, but that we're seeing, we're seeing new, um, uh, sort of like, and again, back to this article, like ways that, that kids are skirting the, the rules, um, uh, increasingly frustrated teenagers are searching for ways to be vaccinated without their parents' consent. Some have found their way to vaxteen.org, a vaccine information site run by Kelly Daniel poor, a Los Angeles teenager. The site offers guides to state consent laws, links to clinics, resources on straightforward information about COVID-19 and advice for how teenagers can engage, uh, can engage parents.
1: Man, it makes me think about how crucial education is because like, it sucks that it sucks that, you know, getting vaccinated is an important thing for everybody around the globe. Um, If there was somebody who wanted to get vaccinated and there was another person who had a say in their life, and said that they couldn't. That seems like a fucked up situation at any age. Yeah. Of course, I understand consent, but mm-hmm. also as somebody who strongly believes that but like, know, everybody needs to get vaccinated as quickly as possible, anybody sort of hindering that seems fucking crazy. But it's information
2: overload, man. There's too yeah. much information. You don't have a
1: access to good quality
0: yeah. You know what's really interesting about, about that? Vaccine. Or dot org is that. Um, uh, uh, Miss Daniel Poor, who made it, she was quoted saying, someone will ask me, quote, I need to be able to consent at a vaccine clinic that is open on weekends and that is on my bus route. Can you help? Um, uh, said Miss Daniel Poor, 18, who will begin the, her freshman year at Stanford in the fall. She started the site two years ago, so long before COVID. Uh, the daughter of a pediatric oh. neurosurgeon and an intellectual property lawyer, she realized that most adolescents know neither the recommended vaccine schedule nor their rights so that she she started this because she was just seeing uh, teens that were in a situation where they were like, "What the fuck do I do?"
1: Like, or do I, she was bought by Bill Gates <laughs> and this, and it was planted yeah, right. here. Yeah, or she's uh, bought you know. and paid for. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, maybe.
3: Uh, that. Maybe it goes back to Gardasil because I remember from like because I grew up in in Texas, um, and I remember Gardasil start when that started to be offered and more of like an expected vaccination to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was growing up, it was like just for. Um, for young women which like now it's for everybody which Was is great. Was that HPV?
0: What's yeah. Is that the yeah. HPV one? That's yeah. the HPV yeah. uh vaccine.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And I remembered getting it and I remember my my doctor having conversations with my my mom about it. Um I don't really remember the like the like tone or whatever. My parents <clears throat> are like very science forward and stuff, but my mom might have like been hesitant
1: mm-hmm. at the
3: time, but um <clears throat> I think that it might it might be to do with that. It's really interesting that uh she started that site two years before the pandemic yeah. happened because yeah. it's like anti-vax sentiment has and like vaccine hesitancy. Like obviously it's been an issue since well before the pandemic yeah. started. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you, like what you just said low, like <clears throat> it's totally fine and totally normal to be like concerned about something that your kid is going to get some a medication that your kid's going to get stuck with. But like, well, that's fine. But the answers are out there. Yeah, like it exists. There's, there, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not unclear. But like, I mean, it's, I, it's not buried. I mean, it's not. Well, I guess it is. It can be, <laughs> or it can feel like it's buried under mountains of you know, fucking goop blogs and whatever yeah. that
1: yeah. It's, well, it kind of fucking sucks when like, you know, you like to think that these companies aren't, aren't up to nefarious things. And you hear about like the, the Johnson and Johnson shit where they've been pushing opiates. And, yeah. Yeah. and, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, well, fuck, I trusted that company. like, yeah. and, and, and that's what we're having to do in this situation. But like, it isn't just about the company. It is about the science. Like there's yeah. like, you can look at the science. I mean, if you look at this, if you looked at the science, Of whether or not opioids were addictive, yeah. (laughs) You know, 10 years ago, you would have been like, oh, fuck. Yeah. The science says that this is a bad thing. Well, let's not, let's not, uh,
0: let's not forget we, you know, in a month or two, our dicks could fall off. Yeah. That's true. I think that's one of the things that we got to keep in mind is that our dicks still, they still could
1: fall off. (laughs) Maybe this is better for the, uh, the, you know, global warming crisis because, there are the like the group of anti-vaxxers that aren't you getting believe in that? vaccinated. Um, you know, they'll all be OK. And then the population of the world will be OK. And yeah. therefore, this is the massive call. This that is we need. this is actually how we were uh, stopping the environmental crisis. This is, cre- this is, this the is all Greta Thunberg yeah. is running this whole fucking <laughs> yeah. Greta Greta yeah. and fucking Bill Gates got yeah. together, yeah. microchipped us all. But like speaking
3: of, but to your point <laughs> about like the, the conspiracy aspect to it and, and Tay, like your musings, like, Oh, there's so much information. Like why don't people understand that this vaccine will protect you and other people against this disease? Like when there's people that don't even believe that COVID is real, then what does a vaccine serve? What purpose yeah. does it serve for mm. a fucking made up disease? So mm. there's, yeah. there's so far gone. <laughs> some, there was some a poll of that yeah.
2: half, yeah, half, yeah, uh, half, I think it was 51 or 53% of Americans, you know, based on a fucking poll, which could be way off. I'm not really super huge. Fifty three percent of Republicans. Yeah, it, no, that no, it, it was it was actually higher than that. But this is a separate thing. It was it was. um it, This wasn't based on political affiliation. It was uh, fifty one or fifty three percent of Americans thought that uh COVID, the pandemic, is over in the U.S. Mm. Well,
3: they act, mm. they're acting like it. They're
2: they're Do definitely acting the, like the, it, and
0: it's
1: definitely on its the way out. Game? I think, but but yeah. you know, yeah, I was, I was gonna. Yeah. Oh,
3: what were we gonna say, Brian? What I was gonna say about the hockey game. because yeah. You said,
1: did you watch the hockey game? And and when I was watching it, looking at everybody sitting in that fucking building yeah. with no masks on, no. and like assuming that, uh, assuming a lot of them are are all, I they think, have to I be think vaccinated. Mo- I think, I, yeah, there.
0: I think it's like most of them. I think the whole thing is like. They, you kind of have to be back. because, like, you But
2: that look scene at it is also like, very hopeful. It's also very hopeful. I know, right? And you yeah. want to believe and you want to yeah. go, fuck, man, I hope that this is. You want to be back to normal. I hope that this is good. And yeah. I hope that this is what we're looking forward to in yeah. the not too distant future because hopefully. And you know what? I mean, I guess it's kind of like you're looking at the States and going, okay, like you go first. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like, and let's see, how it what, you do. Let's see yeah. what
2: happens. Like you, you ju- yeah. like you step off and you do like, are you going to do the cliff? You do the cliff jump first and I'll yeah. go, to be fair, go and don't die. To be yeah. fair.
1: If they're fine, it's not like we're going to sit back here and go, well, I don't know. We should still be extra cautious and be in yeah. lockdown. We're, we're going to look at it and go, okay, thank God it worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, that was an interesting little uh, piece there on teens being teens, pesky little teens. <laughs> uh, but I would like to move on to uh, our final little piece today. Uh, before we get into what the health. Uh, have you guys are you guys familiar with the concept of thinking in 3D? I don't think so. But I like the idea of it already. Is that okay, like so- uh, lateral thinking?
3: Yeah, I thought I already did, but I maybe not. No, uh
0: maybe not. Uh, so it, it's it's basically like a like a like a form of of like spatial uh awareness or spatial thinking, right? So uh this is this is actually uh from dyslex- dyslexicadvantage.org. It's a it's a article about thinking in 3D. Um dyslexic people are more likely able to visualize in three dimensions, turning over what they see in their minds When Brock and I interviewed James Russell, the inventor of the compact disc, he told us that he was able to design his inventions in vivid detail in his mind, uh, running experiments on them and tweaking them before he even picked up a tool. So it's like this idea of being able to imagine something in 3D and like alter it and turn it. And like, I don't have this ability. I read this article earlier and I tried to think this way and I don't I don't think it's in me, I think. And I think mostly because uh, I went to school to study acting.
1: Um, <laughs> I feel like I think this way a little bit because I've been using so much 3D modeling software that y- like yeah. it makes me like I can I can imagine what you're saying. I don't think I have the vivid sort of sense that you're describing um, here, but I can definitely imagine it. So um, uh, this idea of like, I can form
0: 3D 3D spatial images in my mind and I can manipulate them at will and view them from all angles. People who are dyslexic, 48.52% of people who are dyslexic have this ability, according to a study. Um, People who are not dyslexic, 59.39% of people strongly disagree that they don't have this ability. And so not surprisingly, spatial abilities are correlated with higher performances in STEM, which is uh, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Um, dyslexic students who may appear undistinguished or in the middle of a pack in routine language, heavy classes may pop up in the middle, a middle school or high school with top of the class abilities in STEM classes because of their spatial expertise and problem solving abilities. So, um, According to uh, looking at the mean spatial scores by occupation, the lowest scores in the study that was that was presented uh, based on like the ability to imagine in three d. The lowest scores were people with occupations that are within education, law, social sciences, and humanities. Mm-hmm. People with the highest ability to to visualize in three d Uh, our engineers, people in computer sciences, physical sciences, uh, visual arts is also within there. That makes a lot of sense. So Bri, like that would make a lot of sense for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So this idea of thinking in 3d is ability is an ability that some of us have and some of us don't have. Right. Well, this leads me into this week's segment of what the hell. (laughs) Kudos. That was Kudos. a good
1: one. That was a good one. I like how Kudos. you're you're keeping it up. I yeah. like it. <laughs> so this is a this is a, a case study. Uh, oh, I wish I could be <laughs> in the car next to the person who's listening to Sick Boy for the first time and just heard was like,
3: oh, fuck. Jesus, oh,
0: so God what
1: is this? What fuck fuck was that? <laughs> so this is a this is an article that I found about a case
0: study. Uh, the title of the article was Sudoku Seizures. Okay.
1: Oh, no.
2: Oh, I love Sudoku. Yeah, Yeah, well,
0: uh, you know that expression, too much of a good thing? Well, that applies to this next case. A young man in Germany completed so many Sudoku puzzles, uh, which is, for those of you who don't know, it's a logic game that may help sharpen memory. Uh, He did so many of them that he began to have seizures. Hot. (laughs) <laughs> of that course is pretty, that's, that is pretty hot uh, that is only part of the story uh so the man had been an avid sudoku solver for some time before experiencing experiencing such seizures but that changed after he was trapped in an avalanche during a ski trip
1: whoa he was Dude, eventually I, I have to say that is probably one of the scariest oh, things that i could ever imagine horrifying like if i think if even just thinking using my 3d spatial awareness to visualize being on a mountain and what it would be like to be swallowed by a tsunami of snow. Yeah. So was,
3: was he doing a Sudoku inside the avalanche while he was waiting for help? I was
0: thinking when I was reading this article, I was like, was he just in there like waiting to be rescued going, I'll do Sudoku. Uh, he (laughs) was swallowed up by an avalanche. He was eventually rescued. But while he was buried under the snow, the man experienced a condition known <laughs> as hypoxia in which the body tissue and the body tissues and brain don't receive enough oxygen, which makes a lot of sense since he was buried under the snow. Uh, oh, no. This condition caused the man to develop sudden muscle twitches around his mouth when he talked and the muscles of his legs when he walked. He also experienced spontaneous seizures in his left arm. Doctors, oh. doctors prescribed anti-epileptic I think I have dyslexia, uh, but I don't have 3D spatial awareness. Uh, anti-epileptic medications and thought they had these seizures under control.
1: Wait, but he experienced a seizure just in his just, arm? Just in his left arm. Yeah. I didn't know you could, like, imagine looking at, at that. Like, he just like he looking just at like your arm just a just seizure? like... <laughs> <laughs> fuck! fuck.
0: He, he just got, he got uh, Tourette's in his left arm. Um, so, so he was having all these seizure problems. They put him on, they put him on anti-epileptic meds and they were like, cool, we took care of it. You're all set. However, a few weeks after he was discharged from the hospital, the man began, began having seizures in his left arm again, but only when he did Sudoku puzzles. Whoa. Eventually doctors got to the root of the problem. The man had a very intense three-dimensional imagination that was activated whenever he did Sudoku, whenever he did these like brain stimulating puzzles and the part of the, the part of his brain that he used when thinking about, uh, when thinking about things in 3d happened to be the part of his brain that was most affected by his 15 minutes of oxygen deprivation under the snow. Damn. So overacting this damaged part of his brain was what caused the man seizures. And unfortunately, he had to give up Sudoku in order to make a full recovery. Oh well, there's always
3: there's always crosswords, bud. <laughs> what do you do
0: when you travel?
2: Yeah. Crosswords are for fucking linear thinkers. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> get
0: ban- get bananograms, bro. Get bananograms.
1: <laughs> fucking love bananograms. How fucking wild is that? That's pretty interesting, eh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, that, it sucks. That's it does a suck. Yeah, like I hope
0: I hope you found a new hobby. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. He he t- do you guys money.
2: who who like do, do, do any of you guys play Sudoku? I,
0: yep. I, I I've done Sudoku's before.
1: Yeah. Yep. I used to think about how often did you guys used to do that stuff all the time before you had a cell phone and, and like especially traveling. Yeah. Like totally. Like like being on a plane for an extended period of time. I still
2: do it. it uh, I still do now. I have a Sudoku book that I tr- that I take when I travel. Is um, such an old yeah, u- yeah, well, yeah, Let's hope, an hope an you idiot. don't get yeah, caught in an avalanche and you lose do oxygen actually. to your brain. <laughs> so
0: you never be able to do that again. God,
2: hope,
0: hope so. Um, folks, fuck, love sitting down and shooting the shit with all of you every Friday, whether that be here on YouTube and you can leave comments below on your thoughts surrounding anything we talked about today, whether that be Trikafta, um, uh, I mean, let's light it up about vaccines. The let's, light, let's light it up. Vaccines and teens, uh, <laughs> or Sudoku uh, causing seizures. Leave a comment. Let us know what you thought. What you thought. And uh, hey, listen, if you're just not a YouTuber but you've been listening anyway, since you're listening to this right now and you've been tuning in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we thank you. Uh, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to us. Or you can just hit that follow button on. Spotify so that Hit you know it. when episodes are coming up every single week.
1: And if you are not following us on YouTube and watching, you should definitely subscribe because in the next little bit, Jerry, you're going to have a new puppy. Ooh. I'm gonna, I'm getting a new puppy and we're going to bring those puppies in here and they're just going to be sitting on our laps and we're going to cuddle the shit out of them. As guys, I, these, guys I, these
2: have a, I have a dog.
0: He's He's five. Your dog doesn't like other dogs, so I I don't know, man. I feel like your dog's just going to bully our dog. He doesn't not (laughs) like other dogs. He just doesn't... He just just has to get there second. He just doesn't doesn't care about them. He just has to get there... He just has to arrive to the space... Be after. after yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I
2: think I think Loki is going to make great friends with Kevin and Donut. I hope so. Did you <laughs> Did you settle on Kevin? Is that no, the name? no,
1: I haven't yet. I don't okay. think his name is right. going to be Kevin. But, but Kevin's, a Kevin's a good name. Kevin's a good name. I like Kevin too, but I don't think that'll be his name. Uh, that is correct.
0: <laughs> In ten days, Donut will be a part of the studio, and uh, there will be lots of puppy action. So, if you are not subscribed to YouTube, <laughs> highly suggest you do that right fucking now, <laughs> because uh, you're gonna love it. <laughs> Hey, uh, Lo, I heard we had, uh, we had a couple letters coming this week. Uh, there's one that we'll probably read next week, which is about, um, about no burp, but we'll save that this week. Let's read the, uh, the speaking of dogs, this very sweet letter that came in from Lisa mm. and mm-hmm. death.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of dogs, this one's about dead ones, but it's real <laughs> sweet. Oh. <laughs> so this actually those were, it's, it was, it was really heartwarming. So this letter came to us from Lisa. Uh, on the latest sick boy episode, uh, which is the one, uh, at the time she would have written it, it was the one with Lucy Kalanithi uh, for for reference.
0: Ah. Beautiful episode. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, on the latest sick boy episode, when you were talking about your experience with that moment of loss of Bigby, it's like you had climbed into my consciousness and were accessing my thoughts. I went through the same thing with the loss of my dog, Maggie, almost seven months ago. So sorry for your loss, Lisa. Uh, I had made the euthanasia appointment. I knew what was happening. She had been sick for a long time, and I thought I had come to terms with it. But that moment of death is so fucked up. It's so final and irreversible. Obviously, we all know this in theory. It was not exactly a surprise, but I was surprised at the feeling of it. Experiencing death right in front of you is so real. Where did she go? The word where is no longer applicable. Mm. For several days afterwards, I was repeatedly astounded by the fact that she was gone. She was really not here anymore, and I would never see her again. I kept stating that fact over and over again, trying to get to uh, trying to get that fact to coalesce and integrate itself into my mind. It was so weird to be unable to truly wrap my head around this obvious fact. The logical part of my brain understood what had happened, but the other part of my brain did not have the capacity to understand the sudden disappearance. It's been almost seven months now, and slowly over time, that part of my brain has understood that she's gone. Oh man. What a fucking trip. (laughs) And yeah. Love Lisa.
0: Well, thank you, Lisa. Um, death is always something that is hard to, uh, manage and, and grasp and wrap our heads around. And it's one of the reasons why we talk about death so much on this podcast. So your, uh, your thoughts there really did mean the world to us. And we're so glad that you took time to sit down and type that up and send that to letters at
1: sickboypodcast.com. Yeah, grief is the price yeah. you pay for love. That's right. And,
2: yeah, and um, yeah, if you, uh, if you have any letters that you think that would definitely not make us want to cry, then you could send them <laughs> to letters at sickboypodcast.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, like a vet or something, um, <laughs> puts dogs down. Oh, um, you could do no. that on the sick boy podcast
0: oh, that'd be an interesting <laughs> feel good friday huh uh, we my job is just, i euthanize um i just euthanize sheltered dogs it's uh, yeah. it's it's it, a hard hard life you probably have to that's not eat, sad at all oh uh, man that's a that's a ptsd episode that
1: we are looking forward to down the road so uh, folks i hope you're i hope you love listening yeah. to the show <laughs> that should be the, the guys. Honestly, for, for when we get our new puppies in the studio, we should have a, a vet on that puts down dogs so we can talk about what it's like to go through the grieving process of losing a dog because I'm good. it. <laughs> Could be really valuable. I think it's way <laughs> harder than losing a human.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, man. That's, that's coming from the soci- yeah, sociopath of yeah, the, the group, so that's i with you, Ted. I feel it. <laughs> uh, guys, I just want to say a huge thank you for the people who make this show happen. That would be Lauren Sankey right down here, Taylor McGillivray up here if you're watching on YouTube and Jeremy Saunders and me, Brian Stever. A huge thank you to our manager, Jeff Lonis, for all the work that he does behind the scenes helping us out uh thanks to rich o'coin for the theme music and to all the other folks who helped this show happen on the other days of the week thank you that is it for this week i'm brian i'm taylor i'm lauren and i'm jeremy and
0: this is sick boy